position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to episode number 247 of this, the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on, uh, very early on this Friday morning, uh, the 19th of July at 0600 hours. That would make it 6 o'clock in the morning. Left coast time, Pacific coast time. Coast with the most time. For those of you squares. Uh, and for, oh, crack engineer over, Ivor Molina over there holding up the whiskey sign. So, we gotta do that first. And that would make it for our sequel friends, uh, what is it, 2019-07-19-0601 now. Um, whiskey, we have a, well, we have an interesting show for you this week, hopefully. Mm, cheers. I will you're fired. Mm. As usual, we have a lot of, it seems like lately all we've had is like lots of top stories. This week is kind of no exception. So first of all, uh, for those of you who have been living underneath a rock, oh shit. My bad. Uh, for those of you who have been living underneath a rock, Tomorrow marks the 50th anniversary of Paul Love Moon Landing. Where mankind, humankind, humanity, who had for all previous generations stared up at the moon. Poets, scientists, would-be scientists, erstwhile scientists, Navigators. Everyone. And stared up at the moon, wondering. From Edmund Rostrand, one of my favorite Moonanites. Edmund Rostrand. Or perhaps one could throw 
a disc into the air and then by magnets throw another disc attracting each and then ascend to the moon. <laughs> oh, you know what? Let's play that, Ivor. Let's find that. Alright, so once again, Ivor, you're fucking fired. But yes, I arrive in the latest Thunderbolt. Ha! <laughs> Forgive me why I've been singed by the ether. Ah, this is Paris then. Yes. Anyway. Man stood on the moon. So at the conclusion... And also that year, 1969, July 20th, 1969. This is the 50th anniversary of it. And also on that day... Not in 1969, but some years afterward. Uh, there was a birthday for someone, but that doesn't matter. Um, anyway, we have tons of shit to get to, but I want to first... Oh, and at the end of the show, we will have a little segment commemorating this... singularly at this point I feel underestimated achievement in the history of human human endeavor at large at all at all at large I mean it's not just the space race it was unthinkable it still is unthinkable to me very much the same way I feel about Linux very much the same way I feel about a lot of technology. I feel that, like, I don't know, because I was of a certain age when I got my first iPhone, and uh, the magic of it is never worn off for me. Uh, part part of that is probably probably because I spent uh, about over a year working on a. Uh, a project which required me to write my own geolocation script long before that was fashionable and uh, it, was a, it was a major project. It was supposed to be retirement money. But anyway, it, 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 it doesn't matter. What's important is we landed on the fucking moon. Granted, at that point in our you know, pitiful human lives in the, in the, in the, in the long tiresome travail of pointless fucking murder, mayhem death, disease despair darkness hopelessness, privation starvation and otherwise just mindless horror that characterized all of you know, blah prior to us landing on the moon the major accomplishments of science had basically been like, well, we dropped the bomb, so we invented a new way of killing millions and millions of people automatically, and we could now destroy ourselves completely and effectively in less time than it takes to fucking bake a pizza. So that was good. So that's horrifying. And then everything else is like, you know, okay, we invented refrigeration, we invented radio, we invented the radio, over-the-air radio, television, the telegraph, um... Microwave. No, we, I don't know if we had really invented my, well, but anyway, but we could x-rays, oh, and penicillin. Penicillin was a good thing. But everything else that we had invented had either become commonplace or was an object of destruction. And increasingly so. I mean, you're starting from like World War One. I. I mean, you can go back further, and, you know, but like World War One with the machine gun and mustard gas, and then, you know, then we fucking dropped the bomb and. But, oh, and then you have all the rocketry with Werner Von Braun and fucking World War II, which is the advent of computers. Manhattan Project, 
leads us to the bomb. Everything else is just let us do something else that could kill us. But the moon landing, which was a political thing, but the moon landing, holy shit. Now, uh, before before we go any further, I, I, I feel remiss if I didn't mention this. Bill Maher, from back in the day, had a f- very famous line that I I will never forget. I was like 13. This was back on Politically Incorrect when it was, you know, first or second season. But someone was talking about the unassailable intellect of the American people. And Bill Maher said, you know, I really want to believe in that, but I don't because... There's fucking reality. And his famous line was, you know that the fucking moon landing got an 8 share on the Nielsen ratings? There were 20%, there was 20% of the American population who thought there was something better on in 1969, July 20th, 1969. He thought the Three Stooges was more fun. I mean, so don't talk to me. You know, blah, then you have H. H. L. Mencken or Henry Ford, depending on who you believe. <laughs> no one ever lost any money underestimating the good taste of the American people or variations of that. Speaking of which, our next top story is... <coughs> oh yeah, and by the way, so it's a total vindication of science. Mm. Which is why I find it so disheartening that my country, America... Land of the free, home of the brave. And these two topics dovetail, and I'm not going to give you a big political harangue, but I, if you haven't read it, you should probably go read it. It's called. It's a great book. It's recent. It's from like last year or the year before. It's called The War on Science, and it explains how over the last thirty years the GOP, which is our right wing of uh, the Republican, it's our right wing. It's our conservative. Uh, aspect of our political discourse uh, here in America has been make, has been mounting a concerted effort to destroy science and it's so funny because every time I get into one of these discussions, friendly discussions hopefully with, you know right-leaning members of my family or whatever like, but don't you understand that, like, the same technology that's enabling us to have this discussion about whether climate change is real or not, and your main premise is that science is, you know, only hypothetical? This conversation that we're having over our cell phones is powered by satellites in space, and all of this was done by science. And we put a man on the fucking moon. Oh, oh, you say that was a hoax. Okay, yeah. Well, at that point, you are lost to me. You're beyond reason. You're beyond reason and you're beyond reasoning with. Which is tragic, because there are members of my family that I feel this about. Um, We still get along. It doesn't mean that everything has to be a fight. But it does mean that our next top story, I have to say this. I've never been so disturbed in my entire life as seeing the Trump Nazi rally from Wednesday with the send her back stuff. This is not America. This is who we are, by the way. I do not buy into this bullshit where people keep saying, this is not who we are. No, this is who we are. The, um... It, this is very upsetting for me, and I don't want to talk about it too much, but, you know, the the standard that you walk past is the standard that you avow. And what we saw was the American president on Wednesday saying that if you don't agree with me, if you have any criticism, not of the government, but of me, he was saying of the government, but what he meant was of me, then you'd go go back to where you came from, quote-unquote. Which 
anyone who's lived in America and I, you know, I have a big nose and bushy eyebrows and curly Jufro hair. Um, anyone who's ever heard it knows what they hear. Go back to where you came from. And not only was he not, I mean, that's just, it's horrifying. We are a, I've seen this movie before. It was called The Holocaust. I'm not fucking bullshitting you. So anyway, that's something to think about. Food for thought on this. The eve of the moon landing. Perhaps the greatest achievement that humanity has ever mounted. And, uh, you know, I just, I don't, I don't have words. I really don't have words for it. So, Oh, except for I stand in solidarity with everyone who comes here. With everyone who comes here. The hope as the Founding Fathers it's an aspirational document the Constitution. We the people of these here United States Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. That is the American dream and that is the America I recognize. I come from immigrants. All of, everyone I know comes from immigrants. And what's going on at the border is Absolutely, not just a disgrace. It will be marked down in history. If 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 these guys win, it won't be marked down in history. This is the end. If these guys win, it will be the end of an America that I recognize, um, and that is so tragic. Especially considering that dovetailing with this, this week the USDA liquidates its entire science team now you might not well go look that up they forced them all to move I think to Kansas actually no offense uh, Viking uh, Vigilant Viking but oh I'm sorry I just outed where you live but anyway Ivor will edit it out or I'll fire him oh wait I already fired him Ivor you're double fired so let's get on to the how does all this relate to Linux gaming? It is a war on science. How is it a war on science? It's a war on truth. Politically and uh, from a media perspective, it's a war on truth. We are not far away from burning witches and, you know, I mean, we already have concentration camps and anyone who wants to fuck with me about my use of that term to describe what's going on on the border look up what a concentration camp is place where undesirables generally for political reasons of political expediency are isolated and segmented from the rest of society without recourse to due process or rule of law etc 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 I'm just making that up but let's find out. Never mind. I won't go and look look it up. But anyone who wants to fucking come at me and say, oh, you're fucking getting hysterical saying it's kind of... Look it up. Look at what you see. This is one of the most disgraceful chapters in American history ever. Period. Right now. I don't know that we can stop it. How does this relate to Linux? All of this is Linux. All of this is FOSS. Free and open source software relies on absolute, you know, truth. We're computer scientists, for fuck's sake. Whatever your political leanings may be, we all generally, unless you're a saboteur of some sort, from whatever distro or project or github project or etc we all want the same thing that's why we all work together (sighs) 
very, very upsetting week. So, to that end, I have a couple of announcements. First of all, we are relaunching the MAME ROM review, which is not necessarily exclusive to MAME ROMs. Further details about this will be forthcoming over the... uh, Let's see. Prior to August, because that's when we will be relaunching it. Um... This is something to be excited about, but it's something that needs to be mentioned in this podcast because <coughs> excuse me, because oh, what the fuck? Holy shit! I accidentally managed to make the flashlight on my iPhone work. That was crazy. Shining right through my table. The reason why this is worth mentioning on the, the show is that the main ROM review, which used to be me and Jeff, Jeffy Wise, uh, is now going to be available through Retro Retro Arch, more or less, Maso Menos, depending on what type of uh, ROM sets you have. And uh, we will be, we've already live streamed some of my own personal favorites uh, on our Twitch stream. You should check them out. We've done Boogie Wings and Sunset Riders. By the way, I call dibs on Cormano, but you know what? I relinquish that right. I will be Bob or Steve or Billy. Just saying, spitting that out to Jeff Jeffrey Wise. Now, so we're relaunching the main ROM review. Also in our news, in terms of like massive stuff, I am free and open sourcing all of the stuff that I have already free and open sourced on our GitLab. We're moving it from the GitLab to an actual GitHub. I need to refactor a bunch of code that will be happening uh, this the range, big range of pro- projects from indie through radio control room project. All of this shit will be available on GitHub and will be forkable on GitHub. The UDev fix uh, script that I wrote for forever ago uh, fuck, SKB kill uh, which I wrote like fucking last month to handle you know, blah, all that shit will be up you'll be able to fucking fork it and blah 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 so that is kind of exciting that's a big, kind of a big deal because last five years I've had everything that I've had that has not been proprietary available on my GitLab page but I'm retiring that entire website because it's just I, the the numbers don't work out in terms of the expense and amount of time it requires to to keep that entire GitLab running and it's just stupid because everyone just is like well what's your GitHub and I'm like well I have a GitLab you know blah and I give them the URL which I'm not going to give out right now because it's pointless because like it's all going on to GitHub now so, well, not now, now. This will be over the next month. Mm. But that includes RCR, the Radio Control Room Project, and uh, Indy, Marcus, um, and a whole plethora of other stuff that I've, I've ran that's free and open source software. Uh, RCR requires some refactoring just by virtue of the fact that no one's touched it in over a year and I need to make sure that whatever goes up there is actually deployable. It's only available for uh, Debian based systems Debian and Ubuntu based systems Ubuntu based off of Debian so there you go it's not available for Arch which kills me because the one time I asked anyone for help about uh, porting it to Arch they said some nasty things to me. And I was like, man. I asked you if you knew what the libraries that correspond to these might be. Anyway. And I was like, you know, you can go fuck yourself. Like, if I if I had done that in, like, any sort of work environment, like, oh, I'm totally willing to help. Oh, yeah, you know, this this whole thing is shit. Which it's not. But it was, 
but I was like, you know, I, I had him prepared. I'm like, dude, this is just like I, this is my kludgy script that I use. Actually, that I had assembled exclusively for him, so that he could see what the matching arch libs might be. Uh, he's like, wow, this is like a just a big D package script. It's like, wow, this is just nasty trash. I'm like, wow. You want me to talk to you again? It's amazing. Thank you for answering my question. Not okay. So, and we'll we'll be out of here in under an hour. The reason why we're doing this is tomorrow is my birthday, and I want to have the weekend free. So that's main rom review. Uh, our GitHub is going up, and uh, next week uh, I will post a link to our GitHub and mention it again. In other dissatisfying news of the horror and the darkness, one of my favorite games from virtual reality uh, world of HTC Vive, which still does not work, although I have not tried it and I am now newly inspired to get it reworking again underneath my Linux blob of my base stations will not update and it is so fucked. I'm hoping that now that I've upgraded to Mint 19 that maybe they'll be more receptive. I will hold out hope for that. We'll be trying that out uh, later on this weekend. One of my favorite games in all of virtual reality that I've ever played on Windows or Linux. And by the way, you can see uh, live streams of me playing virtual reality games on the HTC Vive under Linux. Serious Sam, fucking blah. It's great when you like just tilt the controller behind yourself. Ah, it's fantastic, and you're shooting behind yourself as you're shooting in front of yourself. It's amazing. Great times, but it is very temperamental to run. The base stations are the biggest problem for me. Um, And I'm not... I mean, I'm on the list to get the uh, Steam Index, the Valve Index, which is their new virtual reality competing thing. It's a headset controllers and base station thing. Um, But until that arrives, which I doubt I'm at the top of the list, and that should be the end of September. um, Until that happens, I'm going to make another go of it. I've gotten it working under Linux. Most people think that you can't get virtual reality under Linux. It's not true. HTC Vive does work under Linux. It's just the base stations are almost impossible to update after, depending on when you got your your base stations. And that's a big pain in the ass. And it means that it does become completely unplayable. But now everything is much more mature. Blah, blah, blah. Which is why I mention I try not to talk about Windows software ever on this podcast, but one of my favorite games, Gorn, G-O-R-N, just left early access, and Gorn is amazeballs. And if you've never played it, and if you've never, first of all, if you've never seen it, then you need to, like, go look at a fucking cast of it being played, because it is unbelievable. It's like Mordow, but with cartoon characters and in a gladiatorial setting with unbelievable gore in a cartoon kind of way, but with amazing like you can pick up people and throw them into people. You can like wheel, dual wheel maces and you can swing them around. It's one of the nice things about the HTC Vive is it has those two controller sticks that make you feel like you're actually in the virtual world tricks my brain at least because when your hands in a virtual environment actually are your hands it completely tricks my brain it's one of my another one of my favorite uh, HTC Vive virtual reality things that does not run on Linux is uh, Endless Whiteboard or Virtual Endless Whiteboard also uh uh the sculpting program was pretty good too, but the endless whiteboard is amazing. It does tire my eyes though. Hopefully, Index will fix that. But anyway, Gorn is now out of early access, so we can all drool and lust and masturbate lust lustily 
fruitfully or fruitlessly and uh, frenetically in the hopes that maybe it runs via Proton under either Index or later on we'll find out if it runs, if I can get my Vive back up and running for uh, Linux, then maybe um, it might work. It just might work. Also, finally in our top stories, I bought a, I replaced, those of you who've been listening to the podcast for any length of time know that I have been using um, lately, last like I want to say nine months maybe, uh, an endless series of very cheap Amazon basic wired Xbox One generic controllers made by Amazon. Well this Amazon Prime Day I got a new little fucker. It is called a Power A. Uh, well, there's a link to it, but it, it's 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 a generic wired Xbox One controller. Uh, that that is an enhanced quote unquote enhanced quote unquote model. I mean, it has like almost similar to um. The Steam controller has two buttons on the underside and a th- and a third in the middle on the underside, actually. And this sucker is twenty bucks, which is actually I got mine for fifteen, but right now at full price they're twenty bucks. It's manufactured by a company called Power A. Uh, I like it a lot, and the build quality seems to be slightly better than the Amazon. Uh, basics Xbox One generic wired controller, uh, which I've had build, build, I've had quality assurance problems on the shoulder buttons with the Xbone Amazon Basics generic build, but they're so cheap, I just keep replacing them. I, I think I'm on my third one now, or I was on my third one. This seems a little more sturdy and is only 20 bucks at full price. So, if you are looking for a wired controller that is, you know, like a generic console controller for use on your Linux box, this is the one I would recommend. Uh, there is a link in the show blurb for it. And that'll do us with our top stories I'm sorry to start off on such a bleak note but it is a bleak time I slept all day yesterday I could not fucking get up after this Trump shit anyway Ivor you're fired more whiskey Mm. based them with our new and noteworthy I was a North American fall when were in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. So we only have one uh, new and noteworthy uh, game. The other two games that we have, our main feature, which is what I'm playing, by the way, um, are both a little bit older games that uh, we that you may have missed during the Proton Revolution, but our new and noteworthy game this week is actually free currently. It is called D Vader. D E. It's a Delta. Uh, oh God, what what is E? Delta Echo. Um, v is Invader. Alpha Delta Echo. Roger. D E V A D E R. Devader is like a modern retake of Robotron in a roguelike. And it is right now it's only available as a free demo. It's still in early access. It's supposed to come out uh, early August. So next month. A couple weeks. Um... My controller both, any of my controllers do not seem to really work that well with it yet, but I have not busted my ass trying to configure it. The game itself, what it runs on Linux via Proton, and it is interesting. 
It is a very interesting game. If you're into frenetic, um, retro style, dot dot humanite, dot dot humanite, Robotron kind of bullet hell, fucking unbelievable mayhem. Imagine if Robotron got poured into a into a roguelike. It's pretty fucking neat. And it's free. So I could not not mention it in this week. In this week's episode. So there you go. That's Div Vader, which you can't buy at any price, but you can play it via Steam, via free demo, uh, immediately. As soon as, at least as soon as it downloads. And I've been having some problems with download speeds this whole fucking week. Seriously, check it out. Uh, by the way, it builds itself as Devator is an intense 90s style twin stick shooter complete with crazy old school bosses powerful tower defense abilities notice this is me jumping in I know it said tower defense but the game is not tower defense and for those of you who go way back to like all five years of this podcast you know that there are several types of games that I will never ever feature in this podcast one of them being tower defense Anyway, back to their copy. Tower defense abilities and multiple endings. Upgrade your robot with nukes, shields, turrets, and more to exterminate the relentless invaders. So check it out. It's by Falcon Brew. Greetings, Professor Falcon. Hello, Joshua. Would you like to play a game? How about a global thermonuclear war? How about a nice game of chess? So it's supposed to come out next month, 2019. Falcon Brew is a good fucking name for a for dev. It's developed and published by them. Um, awesome, and this developer posted this in terms of their recent updates as of July seventeenth. Devator demo released. I just made my first release on Steam. Feels good. So I decided to also make my first entry here. Go me. Hello, world. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. That's that's everything he said. I would say, I would have added hello, world, and also first commit. Or whatever. <laughs> Check it out. Give it a try. Now, for our feature presentation. I, God damn it, I will your fire. Based him with it. Fuck it. Do it. Press. Oh my God! It's the Libyans. The Libyans. Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooby. The Libyans. So I don't. I'm not sure what we're calling this, but I'm guessing that it's gonna be like a what I'm playing, but. Doesn't matter. I know the title of this episode is going to be Moon Landing, Graveyard Keeper, and Super Mega Baseball 2. So we got like 20 minutes to play with. So I've spent about 6 hours each in both of these titles. Let's start with uh, Graveyard Keeper because both of these games, both Graveyard Keeper and Super Mega Baseball 2, are games that came out a, a while ago, like over a year ago. Um, but which did not work on Linux via Proton inside of Steam. At least, maybe maybe Graveyard Keeper did a little bit, but not that I'm really aware of, and it's so apocryphal to, like, try to dig into it and plot. We'll start with Graveyard Keeper because it came out allegedly, well, yeah, no, not allegedly, it came out about one year ago next month. It's the 19th. It came out on August 15th, 2018. It builds itself as build and manage a medieval graveyard while facing ethical dilemmas and making questionable decisions. Welcome to Graveyard Keeper, the most inaccurate medieval cemetery sim of the year. Graveyard Keeper is a very... I've got six hours in it, 6.1 hours in it. Um, I was completely underwhelmed by the first three I found it to be obtuse and in terms of like the way it was designed I, and I also found the gameplay to be unfun 
By unfun, I mean like it felt like a chore. After those first three hours, though, like I learned a little bit more about the game. After having been brought along, basically the only thing that saved this game from not ever being live streamed, and I've, I've streamed it, I've done several live streams of Graveyard Keeper and I will do more of them over this weekend um, I was very careful to tell people that like yeah no I, I'm not enjoying this right now but I'm not 20 hours in and I was kind of what do you call it bewitched, enchanted, bemused whatever the insanely dark nihilistic humor of Graveyard Keeper kept me you know, going I'm six hours in now and it's starting to open up for me by the way, for those of you who don't know, Graveyard Keeper is a top-down two-dimensional demi-isometric very reminiscent of Stardew Valley uh, pixel trash, high res pixel trash. So it's not pixel trash, not pixel junk. It's high res. It's just very good sprites. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, my allergies are fucking kicking my ass right now. I've sneezed like 17 times. Okay. <laughs> Shit. I'm sorry about that. Um, uh, in which you in the present day, have an accident on your way home from work and uh, you wake up as a fucking medieval dark age is graveyard keeper. It's kind of what does what it says on the tin. So it's like a hybrid of Stardew Valley and it's like a really dark Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley, however, is much more fun because that's just like simple straight up farming. There are major not major deficits so far and this is not a review, this is just you know, my first impressions of it it's what I'm playing um six hours in there is so much shit that you have to do that it doesn't explain how to do and if it does and if you're at all high when it explains how to do it you will never remember what the fuck it was, and there's no like, logbook or quest kind of thing, there's no, like, you know, blah so you really gotta pay attention, the other big problem with Graveyard Keeper, which retails for $19.99 at full price which is, okay I've already gotten my money's worth, I would say but, you know, this is not a review um, the other big problem is that there are several game-breaking bugs the only one that I've encountered and I encountered it perniciously to the point where I had to uninstall the entire fucking game during a live stream which was very upsetting um, is at the very beginning when Gerald the Skull when you get your first corpse okay so here's, here's the way the game works I, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because I want to spend the last 15 minutes of the episode on a legitimate hallmark uh, a legitimate, uh, not hallmark, a legitimate high point of for real's joy that everyone can really, really love unless you completely hate this type of game, but that's a different story. At the very beginning of the game, after you get through the opening cinema and everything, you meet a skull named Gerald. And the idea of Graveyard Keeper is you maintain the graveyard, you bury the corpses, you autopsy them, you learn about things, and how to do things, and how to harvest things, and how to make things. It's very much a... It's a but unlike Stardew Valley, as I can't remember, it was Gap and Stance or someone else mentioned, they're like, well, do you find this... Is it relaxing, or is it tedious? something like that and I was like, there's a big difference between relaxing and boredom and there's also a big difference between just straight boredom that's more relaxing and absolute tedium and this game threads the needle 
between those three things. So if you had to like make a uh what are those uh graphs where like you have the multiple points that you know blah if you had to make a triangle graph out of this at the beginning I would say that the tedium aspect of it would be way the fuck more pronounced but after three hours and after doing after just fucking opening the fucking games wiki which is another thing like maybe it's a different approach to video gaming but I don't know the last game that I played that was this obtuse was seven days to die and seven days to die was not this obtuse and I have fucking 1400 hours in seven days to die this game I've got like six and this game is nowhere near as good as seven days to die so what I'm trying to say is if you don't play this game with multiple monitors with the wiki open at all times you are going to be very pissed off but the worst thing that I've experienced in terms of other than the game itself and I'm not saying the game is bad I'm saying that the game skews heavily towards tedium heavily towards towards joyless tedium I can do joyless tedium by trying to refactor fucking every line of code that I've written in RCR by hand instead of using global search and replace you know or whatever you know what I mean like there's like there, life is filled with endless tedium I could go to the DMV and just hang out there and then when my number gets called after like 7 hours I can get get to the person at the desk and go, hey, yes, what, how's your day been? I'm like, what can I help you with? Oh, oh, you mean this? And I hand them my ticket, and I just sit back and smile. I'm like, so what's your story? And they look at my ticket, and they throw my ticket away, and they're like, sir, what can I do for you? And I'm like, what can you do for me? It's what can I do for you? I want to tell you about my life. All of a sudden, the tables have switched right there. You know, it's like, oh, God. There are a billion different ways. You know, it's like back in the day when the IRS used to call me all the time, back in the day, day, when I was in my early 20s. And I owed them like two grand, which was like an insane amount of money for me back then. Still is an insane amount of money. But um, I used to just talk to them. They would call me, I'd be drunk you know, Sunday, 10 a.m. So, yeah, hey, what's up? Oh, no, I have none of your money. Oh, no, I'm not going to pay it. But anyway, so what are you doing? Oh, yeah, you're at work. Okay. Oh, I'm drinking. I'm, no, I'm just drinking. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you think that's a joke. That is a true fucking story. Um, Luckily, those days are gone. interesting um, but that's the kind of tedium that is inside of Graveyard Keeper and it explodes like after you get the hang of it once you understand what the fuck it is you're doing it octuples in the amount of shit that you're supposed to do and the levels of complexity of the shit that you're supposed to plan for which does make it challenging I and also kind of fun it's nowhere near as terrible what I'm trying to say here is it's nowhere near as bad after the first three hours but it is nowhere near as fun as you might think it would be and I have a low tolerance for these types of games like Stardew Valley, etc, 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 etc. But even my low tolerance, I mean, I, I know Seven Days to Die. I know, you know, I mean, that, that game is brutal. Um, although it is a first-person, you know, shooter-esque game. And I only played it on, well, I played it solo and I played it on a lot of servers. There's none of that. None of that excitement. None of that joie de vivre. None of that, um game is very low on the fun factor side of the scale so far. However, it does run on Linux and everyone loves it except for me. And I and we will review this game. I give you my word before the end of this year we will review Oh god. 
We will review, meaning I will log 14 more hours in this game because I gotta know if it's good or if it's bad. Because, you know, there's some games that reward you like they become more fun as they become more complex. There's a lot of fucking rote bullshit in this and I don't like that you have to have a fucking Wikipedia and uh, the game's official wiki open at all times just to find out or not to find out how do I make clay pots or whatever bullshit this shit should be in the game that's what I say shit should be in the game I don't play a game to go look for the documentation of the game that's what I do when I program a game Seriously, I'm not even, or program anything. You know, it's like, oh, what library do I need? Fuck, there's gotta be a library for this. I don't want to have to fucking code my own MP3 to code. Oh, Jesus. Or like my own ID3 tag tagger to make all those hooks and, you know, all those fields available via Python. I want to be able to read them and write them and blah via Python. I don't want to have to fucking write it myself. Understand me? So, that's how I feel about games that require their own wikis. Now, in the last and I feel bad about this because I'm giving the best game that has been mentioned in this week's episode the shortest shrift. Yesterday, I saw one of my friends playing a game called Super Mega Baseball 2 which I remembered from when it came out about a year ago um, let's check, let's make sure that that's correct. Ivor, you're fired. Yeah, April 30th, 2018, about a year ago. Um, that I really wish at the time worked on Linux. It totally runs on Linux. Super Mega Baseball 2 is probably one of the best baseball games I have played it's not probably, it is and I'm only, let's see how how many I played seven hours in two days and I, these two days have been very busy, yesterday I slept all day, today I played a bunch of Super Mega Baseball 2, Super Mega Baseball 2 is one of the best baseball games I've ever played how about that it is arcade baseball with online and local multiplayer uh, the team creation, player creation team customization player customization is fantastic the pitching mechanics are absolutely pick up and play simple as is everything else in the game but here's the deal just like all of the best like if anyone remembers, I think it was for uh, Xbox 360, there was a game, I think it was called The Bigs, um, which was a baseball, Major League, it was licensed by the Major League, by, by Major League Baseball. This game is not. This game has shorter, stubbier, cartoony, more cartoonish players that are more adorable and with funnier names and with great ballparks and great, it's all in 3D, this game plays a lot like the bigs but better. The pitching and hitting mechanics in this game, this game plays super fast by the way. Pitching and hitting mechanics in this game are almost flawless. Like it is so enjoyable. Especially from the pitching perspective. It is so enjoyable to literally just drop in a curve and get that fucking big strikeout. But even better than all of this, and it's equally enjoyable, by the way, to hit in the game. The hitting system is fantastic. I've not tried it on multiplayer yet, but it does have local and online. You can play up to four players against the CPU or one-on-one against each other. Everything you do in the game is ranked according to your ego meter, 
which is something that you get to set before you go into either an exhibition game or whatever. Um, and this is not a review. Again, this is not a review. I've only played seven hours in, of this game. I'm terrible. By the way, I find the fielding and the base running to be counterintuitive, although I think, according, especially after getting an affirmation on this point from Vigilant Viking, that it does probably just requires some practice and getting used to. I can't control, for instance, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're, we're running out of time. In terms of the issues that Stupid End User has pointed out, friend of the show, Stupid End User, has pointed out, um, I've given everyone in the best Linux games podcast Discord uh, channel, I've made a player for them and they are all on our team. We are the Spider Bears. And I've given them all fantastic asses. You can mix the sexes inside of your team. It's in, it's an intersex league, which sounds really hot. If you could see our pitcher's ass, you would know what I mean by when I say really hot. Unfortunately, so the coolest thing about this uh, ego meter is it controls the difficulty and by extension it controls the points you get for everything you do. Which, by extension, translates directly to the leaderboards. Only thing that sucks right now, according to my understanding of the game and according to what uh, Vigilant Viking, friend of the show Vigilant Viking has told us, told me, me and Ivor, Ivor and myself, Ivor and I, 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 I and I, Stan Rank and T. Um, when you play with a custom team, because you're able to control the actual um, stats, game comes with like fucking 27 different fucking insane teams, but they are all hard-coded and balanced, to be balanced. Those are the only teams that you can really compete with to get to the top of the leaderboards. However, if you just want to play with your friends, this is the game. This is the game. It is pick up and play rock stupid simple. Um, yes, you're going to make a bunch of fielding errors if you panic. Generally, fielding happens on its own, like they generally field their own positions. Right now, I'm playing on a, a ego level of 25, but everything you do from getting a strikeout to getting a, a you know, in terms of a swing strikeout to getting a, freezing a, someone, you know, at the plate with a strikeout to making good contact to hitting home runs to fucking grand slams to uh, bunting to sacrifice bunting to hitting for contact to diving for a catch to leaping for a catch to making an accurate throw to a base, which is very easy, but also very easy to fuck up. All of this shit, the game has no tutorial mode because it wants you to play the game, and it will tell you what you need to know as you go along. It is possibly the best pick-up-and-play baseball game that I've played uh, since easily long before the bigs, actually. The bigs did not have this robust a pitching element. And the game plays super, super duper fast. If you are at all a baseball fan, and because this is my birthday weekend, I say at 30 bucks, this is not a review, but Super Mega Baseball 2. If you like baseball at all, if you like Nintendo baseball, if you like the bigs, for Xbox 360. Holy shit, this game will blow your mind. And the player customizations and the game sense of humor. The It does leave a little bit to be desired in terms of um, the ballparks because there's like only like six or seven of them if you pay the full $37.31. That's negative 10, that's 10% off right now. It includes like all of the player customizations and all of everything that they have. Um, I'm not sure which package I got because I think I got it 
on sale for 30 bucks. You can buy the basically the base game for $29.99. Play it with your friends across the pond. Play it with take your mom to the prom or your little sister. Super Mega Baseball 2 is fucking delightful. And it's not delightful in just a superficial way. It is a deep, challenging game that lets you focus on actually playing baseball. So you have pitcher versus hitter. Those are two core elements. All the rest of it, yeah, sure, there are splashes of uh, flashy catches as you steal a screaming line drive, you know. That's gonna go foul, but you gotcha, you're out. And you save your pitcher another out, you know, blah, 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 blah. Or where you fuck up, absolutely fuck up and overthrow a simple fucking throw. Your pitcher fields the ball from a comebacker that hits her in the face, basically. Oh, someone else was telling me about a video of that, but I've seen it happen to me. Fucking comebacker hits your pitcher in the face. They pick up the ball and then you overthrow it into the dugout to first base to get no outs, ground rule level. It is delightful. And even if you do not like sports games, I would say that it is delightful. Especially if you have a friend who does like sports games. And if you have anyone, or if you yourself, like myself, loves baseball, I heartily recommend. It's not a review. Checking out Super Mega Baseball 2. Seven hours in two days is a lot. Now, we've Fucking! I built an entire custom team. Nixel Dev, Boldy Lockers, um, Stupid End User, uh, Bay Onetta. Our starting pitcher is a chick whose ass will fucking mesmerize you. Her name is Becky Oviel. Ovili. Ovili. As if, like, veal were Irish. Which serves the dual pun purpose of Bouquet of veal, Biovili, and Ovili. Um, yes, really. Because when you drop in that fucking yellow hammer, it just is delicious. And you can do some nasty shit with your pitches. It's a very great, very fast um, pitching mechanic that they built into the game. And ostensibly, your ego score factors into your actual points that you gain from everything that you do meaning that it is easy to adjust on the leaderboards for relative newcomers and etc 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 and there are tons and tons the team creation in this game is insane but we'll talk about that some other week for now, I will leave you with this. Uh, like I said, as we start off the show, 1969, July 20th, so that would be tomorrow. Today's July 19th. Uh, man landed on the moon. Humans landed on the moon. We We left this planet and landed on another one, and then we came back. Here's one of my favorite parodies, which is actually kind of based in fact of that moment. Based in with it, Ivor, cheers, thank you so much. I will see you next week, and be sure to stop by the, the Twitch stream. We're streaming all the time, and we I'm so grateful for everyone who's stopped by, including uh, uh, what's his face, who I yelled at yesterday. Whatever. Um... <laughs> Uh, we're always, generally we're always stoned and always drunk, and uh, this weekend should be no exception, but we landed on the fucking moon. I give you from our dumb century the moon landing. Later days, next week. Bye-bye. California Governor Ronald Reagan. This is Tranquility Base. The Eagle has landed. Jesus H. Christ. Houston. We're on the fucking moon. Over. Roger, Tranquility. We copy that. We cannot believe you are on the fucking moon. Repeat, cannot fucking believe it. Over.
on the move. Over. I'm descending the ladder. See the Earth. Entire planet Earth. Love of Christ. We read you, Tranquility. Over. On the bottom rung of the ladder. Just one more step and I'm... Tranquility. Holy living fuck. Are you fucking believing this? Over. We read you. Over. I absolutely am standing on the surface of the fucking moon. I'm talking to you from the surface of the fucking moon. Jesus H. Christ in a chicken basket. Uh, holy shit, Tranquility. Holy mother of fuck. The fucking moon. Over. In 1970... Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die... I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy oh, four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy four or five times. Matt Damon. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there, I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.